Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, uh, John Murray, and I want to welcome you back. Um, again, it is, uh, I have the day off from work. Uh, it's about close to almost 2.30 in the afternoon, so uh, certainly there's a lot of catching up we've got to do. Um, you know, the uh, week five is uh, in the books. Uh, just, it, there's a lot of stuff to really talk about, and a lot of stuff we need to catch up on, and we will do so in this episode, and probably this episode, and probably my next episode that we'll do. Uh, for those who join me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so, and uh, please invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, whomever you need to invite. Please, please come on in. Um, looking at uh, looking at uh, Anchor's numbers, it seems like I've had a lot more viewers in the last episode than I've had in quite some time, and I want to say thank you know thank you for uh, certainly listening to the uh, listening to my uh, podcast. There, uh, like I said, I'm on. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know, Amazon Music, uh, you know, Spotify. There's many, many, many more. That, there's a few others that that I'm out there on, and um, certainly, uh, iHeartRadio. I believe I am on there as well. So, um, for those who do listen, I want to say thank you for doing so. For those who've been with me from day one, I want to say thank you for being with me. Continue to um, continue to certainly. Join me, invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, whomever you need to invite, please do so. Like I said, the last episode seems to caught a lot of people's eyes. Of course, controversy sells. We talked about John Harbaugh and the call that he made with the uh, Buffalo Bills against the Buffalo Bills here uh, in week four. Like I said, what is it all saying that sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? At one point in time, that's what that's what it used to sell. Again, for some reasons, in some instances, it still sells, but controversy always sells and certainly keeps the media, the analysts, podcasters, the, a typical uh, couch potato. It certainly um, keeps them guessing, it keeps them talking, it keeps them going on, so forth and so forth. Um, before going any further, um, I would have to apologize ahead of time. Um, actually, I'm in my living room, I have a uh, boat five, six, seven birds, something like that, that are tweeting in the background. So uh, if you do hear them for some unexplained reason, I will apologize ahead of time. Um, like I said, the house is to myself, daughter's in school, um, wife and my son are out. Um, hopefully you won't hear any barking in this episode. I have three dogs, so again, that's, you know, again, animal lover. But um, again, for those who, I guess, for those who are, who, did kind of up my ratings last last in the last episode. I want to thank you for doing so. Um, enough talk. Let's let's jump into what um let's jump into the biggest news that came yesterday. We should say is that is the no longer Matt Rule is no longer the coach of the Carolina Panthers. Now, this really wasn't that much of a surprise to a lot of experts. People thought that he was going to be the first one to be fired anyway. And well, here we go. He's the first one to be fired. Uh. Owner, uh, owner David Temper had said that uh, he's looking for a, a winning c- culture. Well, to be honest with you, what team in the NFL doesn't want a winning culture? Because everybody, everybody wants the one thing, the Lombardi Trophy. Doesn't matter what team you're on, you want that Lombardi Trophy, and that's that's what it's all about. And Carolina has had their ups and they've had their downs, you know, over the years. Uh, they've had. I mean, let's be honest with you, the Panthers have been to a Super Bowl. They did with uh, Cam Newton, I believe, in his, in his MVP year. Of course, he ran to the Denver Broncos and enough of that. But now, 
if you look at, like I said, we have discussed this in previous previous episodes about the um, Carolina Panthers. If you look at the whole of Panthers, I mean, the Panthers, to me, the defensive side of the ball is not that bad. They have talent on the defensive side of the ball. They've had a couple of injuries, but again, there's talent on that side of the ball. And to me, that's not the biggest issue. The offense is the big issue. It's the offensive line, and it's the quarterback. That's pretty much about it. Um, I mean, Baker really has not been the answer. Sam Donald isn't going to be the answer. And they really haven't had had that top-of-the-line quarterback, I hate to say it, since Cam left, right? And before him, you had a guy by the name of Jake DeLone who did fairly well for the Panthers. But to be honest with you, they don't have that top-of-the-line quarterback. Yes, I know they drafted Matt Correll from Mississippi, but of course he is out for the year. And I don't know if he is the most legitimate answer, but... The Panthers, the Panthers are going to follow suit with others. That there are a few quarterbacks in this year's draft. I mean, do you do you think Matt Carl is the quarterback of the future moving forward? Because let's be honest with you, Baker's on last year's contract. I don't see him returning. Sam Donald's last year his contract. I don't see him returning. So that's that's money off the books for those two quarterbacks. Now P.J. Walker is a third-string quarterback who more than likely will be the man this week. Baker's got a high ankle sprain. So we do not know Baker's situation. Usually a high ankle sprain is not usually a, a positive news for if you're a quarterback, running back, receiver, or any position in his leg. It's not very good for a high ankle sprain. So my educated guess is if you happen to be playing Baker for some unexplained reason in fantasy football, I doubt he will play this week. I'm sure P.J. Walker will get an upgrade. Now for the Panthers, there have been rumors, rumors coming out about possible trades. Christian McCaffrey is probably the most tradable piece that the Panthers have. And there's been rumors coming out that he could get traded. Uh, there was one report that the Buffalo Bills were interested in him before the season began. Now, for Buffalo Bill fans, can you imagine Josh Allen and Christian McCaffrey in the same backfield? That alone would be like, that would be like a fantasy f- football player's uh, dream team, right? Or something, something along those lines. And I'm sure with all this going on right now, I'm sure the Christian McCaffrey buzz may get up again. Now, I don't think Buffalo would – I'm sure Buffalo would love to have him, but I'm sure there's all, there's many other teams out there that would love to put Christian McCaffrey on the team. There is one report that the number one receiver, DJ Moore, who, who has not gotten on the same page with Baker, there's a possibility that maybe DJ could, move, could be moved. And DJ, there's a lot of teams that would want a, a guy like a DJ Moore. One report had maybe the Packers would be interested in DJ Moore. And that certainly will be a huge, huge upgrade of where they have. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens name has been mentioned. It seems like every time a receiver comes out, the Ravens are being are being are being mentioned. Now, DJ would certainly be an, an upgrade. DJ could probably be the number one receiver. Bateman could go be number go back to being like number two. That would not that would be a decent one two punch for the Ravens if that's something they were going to talk about. Uh, I mean, those are two teams I talked about. I'm sure there's many other teams out there would want the services of DJ Moore. Um, Again, uh, there could be some defensive players they might move, but I think those are the two most talked about guys from McCaffrey and D.J. Moore. And there's not a team in the NFL that would want those two guys. Now, but back to Matt Rule. Simply as this, I've always thought Matt Rule was a college football coach. He done an outstanding job in college football. He turned a couple programs around and got him on the right track. Baylor, who had been struggling for you know for a few years, uh, really hadn't uh, yeah since the uh, What's it, a Griffith Day? Yeah, the Griffith Day, basically. 
um, to be honest with you. But the point is, it's just Matt Rule to me was always a college football coach, and I think that's where, that's to me is where he probably should have stayed. But again, when NFL call it comes calling and the money is is there, you're going to jump in. Now, I think to be honest with you, Matt, I believe Matt will go back to college coaching. Now, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if he, if he ends up being a head football coach back at a college program, because Matt has the capability of turning a college football program around. He's done that in a couple places. I think he could do that again. But I think it's 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 like the old adage. A lot of, a lot of college football coaches, they cannot they cannot take it the next step to the pros. Um, Urban Meyer was a great example. I mean, Urban had great success at wherever, wherever stop he did in college football. But again, he could not handle the Jacksonville Jag, the Jaguar job. And he, he, I don't think he didn't last one season. He was, he was gone. Uh, and like I said, a lot of NFL coaches. I mean, Steve Spurrier. Steve Spurrier was the Washington football coach, and Steve didn't do that good of a job at Washington. Because, but Steve had success at Florida, success at South Carolina. But again, he could not. Yeah. And there's, I mean, there's others, there's others. I mean, to be honest with you, there's been some. I mean, Nick Saban, for example. Nick had success at LSU. Miami Dolphins came to call, and he jumped. Uh, he 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 failed with Miami. Goes back to Alabama, and the rest is pretty much history with Nick Saban in Alabama. But again, there's many there's many other coaches. Out there. I mean, now granted, Pete Carroll. Now Pete Carroll, I think, coached with the Jets at one point in time. He failed. He went back to Southern Cal, and the rest is history with him. He did an outstanding job at Southern Cal. Seattle came and called it. He jumped on that job, and he did get Seattle to two Super Bowls. So Pete does have it under his belt. Again, again, there's there's some, again, it's like you know college football coaches. Of course, you know one was the one hot name was Lincoln Riley. A lot of people thought Lincoln Riley would jump from Oklahoma into right right straight into the uh, right straight into the pros. And I don't I don't think Lincoln is the type of guy. I think college football suits Lincoln Riley. It's hard for me to believe any coach. You know, I mean. Then you've had college football coaches, then you've had pro football coaches that jumped back to college. Lovey Smith was a great example. He was a coach, defensive coordinator, then he went back to being, he went back to being a uh, coach at the University of Illinois, and he kind of, he kind of struggled there, again, you know, struggled. Then he goes back to the pros, now he's the head football coach of the Houston Texans. But for Matt Rule, Matt Rule, I think, did the best that he could do with what he had. I mean, Matt, I don't think, really had a, a, a lock-style lock quarterback. The offensive line has, has, has been horrible. Has been horrible. That's not reason. Now, McCaffrey. McCaffrey has, has, McCaffrey has not got injured this year. He has looked well. But again, poor quarterback play, poor offensive line play. I don't care how good of a running back you really are in this league. It's going to hurt. And again, your number one weapon, DJ Moore. If you cannot get on, you cannot get on, you cannot get in sync with a quarterback. It becomes an issue. Now, again, there's probably others. I know Robbie Anderson. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody, if some team calls and asks about Robbie Anderson. Anderson probably has some kind of late round value, maybe like a seventh round pick for uh, Anderson. Anderson's a guy that could stretch the field. He could probably help some playoff team out. But again, it's it's an old. It's an old adage. Um, it, uh, again, with the Panthers, you have to wonder the winning culture. 
Well, to be honest with you, the head of Honor Verda was a pretty solid football coach for him for many, many years. Then, of course, then of course he, he couldn't, he had a hard time writing the ship after a while. He couldn't write the ship anymore. They got rid of him. Matt Rule comes in. David Temper thinks that Matt Rule is going to be the answer. Well, he was not the answer. Now, again, this would parallel into the next conversation. Who would be the next Panthers football coach? And I'm sure there's plenty of um, coordinators out there. I'm sure the name Eric Benemy will get will be the first guy to get brought up. The Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator. I'm sure his name will get brought up right away. Uh, Kelvin Moore, the uh, offensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys. I'm sure his name will get brought up. Will brought up. There's a couple names that get brought up. Now, if you go to the college level, I'm sure there's going to be. I'm sure about the name Jim Harbaugh. You know, I'm surprised. I'm sure Jim Harbaugh's name, I guarantee, will get floated out there somehow. Harbaugh's name, Harbaugh's had success in the NFL as well as college. So Jim has got has got a high resume, but I don't know if Jim would leave the University of Michigan to come to Carolina. But I think Harbaugh, I mean Harbaugh, I think could do a pretty decent, pretty decent job for the Panthers. I'm sure there's other names. I'm sure that I'm sure there's guys like I'm sure maybe Lincoln Riley's name will get mixed. He just went to Southern Cal, went to Southern Cal. He's doing a pretty good job with Southern Cal, and I'm sure his name will probably get thrown out, thrown out there as well. I'm sure. I'm sure there's many many names will get thrown out there. But for the Panthers, now Grant, you're in the, you're, you're in the NFC South. Now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You have to wonder. Let's be honest with you. If all the time has been tapping Tom Brady on the shoulder, he's avoided. But I mean, this could barely be Tom Brady's last year. If this is his last year, let's just say for the sake of argument, this is Tom Brady's last year. And some experts believe that this will probably be it for Tom Brady. Okay. Then again, who do I have? Blaine Gabbitt. I think Blaine Gabbitt's on a one year deal. Um, unless Gabbitt leaves, do you believe that Kyle Trask is the, is the answer for the, for the future? You got Mike Evans. Yes, you still got Chris Godwin there. The offensive line would be healthy come next year. But the thing is, the defense is okay. Now, again, the biggest thing with Tampa Bay is would be that quarterback spot. If Brady retires, how is how it look? Now, the Saints. The Saints have a pretty decent defense. Still got Kamara. The receiving core, Michael Thomas. I think Landry's on a one-year deal. Chris, yeah, Olivia, Olive, excuse me, Olive has done a very good job as a rookie. There's talent there at the receiving spot. But again, the quarterback situation, is Jameis Winston the man moving forward? Is, you know, I mean, Andy Dalton's on a one-year deal as a backup quarterback. Then you got to look at Atlanta. Atlanta's grabbed several years to, you know, get it right. I mean, Mariota's a stopgap. Des, yeah, Desmond Ryder is, uh, is, is there. I'm sure he'll be the quarterback of the future. Um, you've got... Dak, you got Drake London, you got Kyle Pitts, you got a little something to work with, but I think it's gonna be a while for there be. So to me with the Carolina is the defense is sort of in place, but you gotta work on the offensive line and you gotta work on the quarterback. If you can work on those two things, the Panthers could certainly in the right coaching spot. The Panthers, who knows? Maybe in a maybe maybe in a couple more years, they could surprise a lot of people. Maybe they could upstart, you know, upstage the Saints. Maybe they could upstage a team like, you know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So to me, it's hard to put a winning culture 
whether it's in prose or college, it's hard to put that word in culture in. If you if you if you if you if you start losing for you know for a few years on any level, yeah, then that I guess you say uh, doubt seeps seeps in seeps in, and you don't know you know you don't know what to do with that. And you figured, oh, here we go again. If you get to a close game, things start starting not going your way. You go say, oh, here, you know, here, here we go again. We're probably going to lose this one. But to me, like I said, the Panthers do have a little bit of a little bit of talent. They have talent again. Defense, I don't think it's the biggest concern. It's can you get an offensive line? Can you get a quarterback? That's got to be the biggest thing. You got a good, you got a solid running back in McCaffrey. He stays healthy. You got a nice number one in DJ Moore. Now again, I like to see him get another. I like to see him get a pass catching tight end. I like to see him add another wide receiver. Again, offense is the biggest concern. Now again, with that being said, a guy maybe a guy like Eric Bien that could come in. He has the offensive knowledge. You, you take a look what him and Andy Reid have done with Patrick Mahomes. But can you imagine? You can you imagine he came in with the with the right quarterback? You know, with a better offensive line, who knows? Panthers could get, you know, could you know, could write the ship in a hurry. But you know, we'll see. But I'm interested to see who will come into Carolina and be the next coach. You know, for the Panthers, it's going to be interesting. We shall see in time how that how that pans out. But for Carolina, I think give it give it maybe a couple of years. It might surprise a lot of people. Then again, in a couple of years. You have to wonder, will Christian McCaffrey be traded before the trade deadline? Will DJ Moore be out of town? If stuff like that happens, then it may be a longer time for Carolina Panther fans to... Yeah, I'm sure Panther fans are wishing the days that Cam Newton, that maybe Steve, yeah, Steve Smith were still there. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're wishing those days to come back. But for Panther fans, if you can somehow keep McCaffrey healthy, if you can keep DJ Moore around... Get the pieces and try to fix the off. If you can somehow fix that offensive side of the ball, the Panthers may not be as far off as a lot of people really, really believe in this league. Let's jump the conference. Let's talk about the uh, Denver Broncos for a minute. And of course, I guess everybody knows about the Broncos and the Colts game. And of course, a lot of experts have kind of like chuckled at it because it was a twelve to nine game and Russell looked didn't look that good. Matt Ryan didn't look that good. But let's talk about Russell Wilson. And, and now the reports have come out now that he has a slight tear in his labrum, I believe. And and people are chalking that up as the possible as a, a reason why that maybe Russell Wilson has not has not performed quite as well as people had thought had thought. Now I know that everybody knows the story that when Russell Wilson was traded, everybody thought that this was the guy that was gonna take Denver into the playoffs and take him up take him up up over the top. And and a lot of experts felt that, and rightfully so, you would think that Russell Wilson. But now there has been a report because of the, because because of the uh, injury, and now the words are that he is going to play through this. That he's going to take some, I guess he's going to take some shots to the uh, to the shoulder and keep on playing through it. Now, of course, you know uh, the backup is Brett is Brett Rippin. Brett has has been has been with the Broncos for a few years now. Uh, Brett actually looked pretty good in camp. Him and Josh Johnson, actually, both of them looked pretty well. I don't think Josh is no longer on the Broncos roster, but Rippin is the backup. And 
I mean, and for Denver Bronco fans, I know it's the point where you want to, as you as you want a playoff spot, you that you're dying to get that quarterback in. You're looking to get back to the playoffs. The Broncos, of course, they've been hit with injuries. Javante Williams has gone gone for the year. Bowles, the starting left tackle, uh, I believe he's probably I believe he's gone for the year as well. So again, again, Denver is like most teams in the league. All of a sudden, here comes the rash of rash of injuries. You get hit with these injuries. And that, you know, that's it. And you have to wonder deep down inside if Daniel Hackett, he, he's had some struggles in his, you know, first year head coach with the Broncos. He spent, you know, he spent a couple of years with uh, Aaron Rodgers and the uh, Green Bay Packers being the, you know, being the offensive coordinator there. But you have to wonder if Denver, if Denver, is going to go to Russell Wilson and say, Russell, um, maybe you need to shut this down. Maybe you need to go get surgery on your shoulder instead of taking these shots. Um, we'll, just, we'll, have to, we'll have to make do with, you know, Brett, you know, Brett Rippon as, as our quarterback. Now, I know the number of fans don't want to hear that, but I think, you know, a lot of this is kind of like a subject. This is not, I guess this is not a concussion. This is not a concussion-like issue with Tua, um, uh, and Teddy Bridgewater, which they're saying that Teddy is not concussed. But I think with the player health, the player health situation, it's become a big thing in the big thing in the, in the uh, NFL. And to be honest with you, this is one of those things where this is certainly one of those things where maybe management's got to step in until, you know, until. Russ said, hey, Russ, I know you, you, you're gutted out. You're doing, you're trying to get us, you're trying to get us, you know, into the playoffs and, and so forth. But maybe we need to shut it down. Think about your health. Shut it down. Go get surgery. If you can come back late in the year, I don't know what the timeline of the injury report is. If not, we'll just have to, yeah, maybe we'll, um, if you, and if you're out for the rest of the year because of the surgery, so be it. Just come back, you know, 2023. Now, Kansas City, Kansas City again, seem to play out of its ever loving mind again. Of course, now they got they got a very interesting test, a rematch, Patrick Mahomes against Josh Allen, which I'm sure by in, in, in the brotherhood in the brotherhood is going to be uh, watching that game because you know the explosion la- last year that these two teams uh, put on the fireworks. But you have to wonder deep down inside. Is anybody in the Broncos management, front office, owner? Of course, they've got a, they, of course, I know they've got a new owner this uh, this past all season. But you have to wonder, is it, you know, it, it, does somebody go to Russ and say, Russ, you need to shut it down? And I know Denver Bronco fans, like I said, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it because I'm sure that everybody in the AFC West has gotten tired of the Kansas City Chiefs pretty much running amok in that, in that division. And right now, they seem to be doing it once again. Still, it is one of the more talented divisions. You know, it is the best division probably in all of, in all of football. I'm sure. I don't know if anybody can really argue that point, but it is the best. It is the best division in football. But again, this goes back to I know this goes back to the players' health, and and I don't know. You know, I don't know if anybody's come to Russell Wilson with that. With that thought, I'm sure Russell wants to gut it out, and I'm sure Russell was probably ticked off at himself because the Broncos are off to a slow start. The offense has not produced like it has. Now, 
for what I can tell from the, from the highlights uh, the other night of the other day, Melvin Gordon seems to run the ball pretty pretty well. I know he's had some fumble issues, but he seems to run with the uh, Mike Boone looked pretty decent in that game as well. The running game didn't seem to be an issue for the Denver Broncos. They seem to you know seem to be able to run the ball. You got Talon Sutton, you got Judy. It's like you, you got two pretty talented receivers. So in the season, of course, I mean, I get the point that Tim Patrick, who was the number three receiver towards ACL, and he was out for the year. KJ Hamill, they drafted what a couple of years ago from Penn State. Everybody thought they had four good, four solid receivers that they could certainly, but Patrick has been has been out. Hamill has not really stepped up his game. Uh, so I mean, yeah, the tight end Noah Fant, who they traded to get Russell Wilson, the tight end spot has been kind of you know iffy for the Denver Broncos. So Sutton. Sutton's been the most consistent player. Judy's had some you know, ups and downs this year. But again, you still have two talented receivers. It's not a bad running game. Your offensive line, Grant, you lost your left tackle. But moving forward is you have to wonder, yeah, the Denver has a the Denver has a pretty decent defense. The defense has not played bad at all this year. And to be honest with you, their defense wasn't that wasn't that bad last year, but the, the defense has played well this year. So it's been on the offensive side of the ball and not the defensive side of the ball. And that's 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 certainly an, an interesting, you know, interesting issue to certainly look at moving forward. Uh, but the thing is, again, we go back to the situation as to is anybody in Denver in Denver front office gonna you know step up and say, Well, hey, um, you know, maybe Russ, uh, I know you're trying to tough it out for the team. We appreciate it, but maybe we need maybe we need to maybe you just shut it down. Maybe you need to go talk to whatever doctor you want to talk to, and maybe get this, you know, get some kind of, you know, get this, get a surgery, you know, set out, you know, set out for any length amount of time you need to. Maybe you need to maybe shut the season down. I know we don't want to do that, but maybe, you know, maybe we, maybe we need to do that. And come back in twenty twenty three and let's, you know, reevaluate. Let's reload. Um, the way Kansas City is playing right now, I don't know if Denver. I don't know if the Raiders. I have I've got doubts about the Chargers even catching 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 them. And to be honest with you, maybe next to the Buffalo Bills, that might be the best. The only old team I think that can give Kansas City running for money might be the Buffalo Bills right now. I don't think Miami couldn't hang with them. I don't think the Ravens can hang with them. Certainly not the Cincinnati Bengals going to hang with them. And I don't see the Titans. I don't see the Colts. And I don't see right now. To me, I hate to say it, but you know, next week's this. Week's game between the Bills and the Chiefs could be could be a slight preview of what we're going to see as far as the yeah, as far as maybe the AFC Championship game. Now, to flip, I guess to put a flip the script a little bit for people. Now, granted, yes, the Broncos still have a chance to get a wild card spot. Yes, they do that. If you think about it, Miami is hurting a quarterback. Tua, you don't know when he's coming back from his concussion. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater um, got hurt. Uh, rumors are coming out of uh, Miami that it's not a not a concussion, but they're treating it as such because of the new concussion protocol rules. So there could be a slight possibility that Teddy could play this week. But and if that's the case, that's probably decent news for them. If not, Thompson, Skylar Thompson from Kansas State will be the the starting quarterback moving forward, and that could be a huge problem for you know for the Miami Dolphins, the Ravens. I, I've said the Ravens would win the AFC North from the beginning of the season. 
they played they played well the other night. The offense didn't. I mean, the offense kind of struggled a little bit. But again, uh, but again, Lamar Jackson got him in position to win for Justin Tucker's field goal. The Bengals, the Bengals defense has not has played exceptionally well this year. I believe the offense has been the biggest problem, not so much the defense. I figured it would be the other way around. And the Titans, you don't know what Titan teams you're going to get. Uh, Ryan Tannehill has played well the last couple of weeks, and maybe this is a resurgence of Ryan Tannehill. Hopefully, for them, that'd be good news for the Titans. The Colts, I just don't see the Colts. You know, the Colts, I just can't get behind them. Uh, hopefully, you know, uh, Taylor returns this week, and if he does, that certainly bulks the running game up. But I think with Fishus with the Colts, I don't know. Uh, now Jackson Jacksonville is a very deep sleeper pick, but Jacksonville looked pretty bad against the Texans the other day, so I don't I don't have much confidence in them. So to be honest with you, you got so to me if you look at the AFC West, yes, you know I mean Denver still has got a shot at the wild card if they can right the ship offensively. Can the Chargers do it? Yes, the Chargers can do it. But I think sometimes Brandon Staley can't get out of his own way. There's talent on that side. There's, there's talent. There's talent with that team. Now, of course, they've had some injuries. Keenan Allen, the number one receiver, he hasn't had a hamstring injury. He's missed a couple of weeks, but I mean, Mike, Mike Williams has stepped into the number one receiving spot and done has done a, done a good job. They lost Slater, their uh, left tackle, a, a a gentleman that's going to be a Pro Bowler for many many years to come. He is uh, certainly he's out. That hurts. Uh, Bosa's out. That hurts defensively. J.C. Jackson makes him a lot of money. He is out. He has been hurt. He is down. So again, the, uh, you know, the Chargers, like most people in this, like most teams in this league, they have suffered injuries. But um, again, with Denver, yes, there's still a possibility. Denver, I believe, to get a wild card team. I think the AFC, the AFC is certainly up in the air. Like I said, the only two teams I can, I, I really trust the Bills. Maybe the Chiefs moving forward. Everybody else. I think they've got a shot. Uh, unless my unless the quarterback situation gets straight for Miami, that's going to be a problem moving forward. The Ravens, now Ravens, to me right now, the Ravens may be the third best team in the AFC. With Lamar Jackson playing an MVP-like year, they may be the third best team in the AFC right now. Now, to be honest with you, I know, um, if you look at it, I still think the Chargers, I still think the... I think Broncos could have a chance, certainly have a chance, if the offense gets right. But again, I'm sure, like I said, missing Javante Williams for the uh, rest of the year certainly hurts. Um, Gordon is a capable, is capable to step into that role, being a number one running back. He's certainly capable of that. Boom, right now. I know they got Latavius Murray, I believe they they signed. Murray, I'm sure, could step in. They might have to play the, maybe they have to play that three-headed monster attack. But again, you know, Sutton's been consistent. Judy, he needs to step his game up, step his game up and become a solid, become that solid number two guy for the team. And they've got to find somebody else to be a solid number three for that team. Somebody's got to step up and be a number three team. KJ Hamlin's got to step step his game up and, and use that use his speed. He's got to be stepping up. But moving forward, it becomes very interesting with Russell Wilson. Now I know, I guess in a way to look at it this way, if if the Broncos were let's say zero and five, maybe you tell maybe you tell Russell Wilson, hey Russ, uh, maybe you need to go, yeah. Maybe you need to go have surgery on it. And, you know, if they put you out for the rest of the year, so be it. 
We'll come back in 2023, and we'll re, yeah, we'll have a healthy Javante Adams. Bowles hopefully back at left tackle. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe Tim Patrick would be back next year off the ACL injury. Uh, you know, maybe Denver goes and maybe they think like that. But again, I don't know. But again, with the AFC, with only two teams that have really that have really head and shoulders, I think above everybody else right now. You know, maybe Denver has a shot at it. Maybe they're keeping Russ around because Russ gives them the best opportunity to at least maybe get a wild card spot. Again, I think, you know, I'm in the Broncos. With the Broncos, I'm sure there's been, it's been disappointing. The offense they thought was going to be a top five, six, or seventh in this league has not produced, has not produced that. And Russell, you know, maybe the shoulder has been an issue for Russ, but we'll, you know, we'll find out soon enough. I know Denver, they're doing the best job to get let, to let Russ cook. Well, Russ right now has, has not been cooking. But we'll find out, you know, we'll, maybe the shoulder has a lot to do with it, but the offense has got to get, but does Denver, yes, Denver still has a shine. But I think if you let Russ go out there this week, I got to ask you a million dollar question for all, for all my people out there. The biggest question is this if you move forward, and let's say you lose this game, and let's say Denver loses this week, maybe next week, you know, maybe the next game, could it be time to let Russ, let Russ shut it down for the season and come back in 2023? I think that's, a, that's something that the Broncos and Russell, Russell Wilson's got to sit down and figure out. And let's, I want to touch upon something as we get a little uh, closer to home here in uh, Virginia and the team that is, well, I can't say they're in Washington, but I guess they're actually, their home is actually in Maryland. But nevertheless, I guess I guess you've heard the, the comments that LeVon Rivera, I believe it put out Monday, and it came out of the press conference today or and saying something along the lines that, yeah, that um, he's what makes the difference between the the Washington football team and the rest of the teams in the, in the NFC East. Now, again, the funny thing about it is you got to look at the uh, Giants are four and one. Philadelphia is undefeated, and the Dallas Cowboys are actually four and one. Washington has a losing record, and a lot of people are sitting back and they're saying that. Um, and I think somebody had asked him, Bonner, a question. He said the um, he said quarterback. Was what his what his uh, what his thing was. Now, I guess you know in a way, Ron Ron has to understand. Ron and the organization gave up a couple of draft picks to get Carlson Wentz. Now, the quarterback situation in in Washington has been a hard thing to come by, and has been a hard thing to come by. I mean, let's be let's be honest. I mean, did, did he really believe? Did he really believe that? Um, I mean, it was Carlson Wentz going to come in and he was going to be the savior of the franchise? Now, it's a mix. It's a you get a mixed bag from Carlson. Now, I believe that according to stats, I think Carlson was one time tied with fifth most passing touchdowns. I believe his yardage holes are not his yards passing yards are not bad. He was fifth. Yeah, I believe he was fifth in passing touchdowns. I think he was third. And like interceptions, which is what you're going to get from Carlson. But Carlson, I believe, is in the sack for it. Maybe third most in the league. I think it's third most among NFL quarterbacks, I believe. Now, 
he comes out and makes a comment at um, the quarterback play. Well, Ron, let me let me kind of let me kind of think about this for a second. Okay, for Dallas, you got you got Cooper Rush as your quarterback as of right now. Now I'm sure if Dak, when Dak is healthy, Dak will be the quarterback. But Cooper Rush is not exactly Cooper Rush is 28 years old. He's not exactly lighting the world on fire. To me, Dallas it, Dallas's defense has been the biggest issue here. Now. Against the Rams, the defense played well, and actually there were signs of a running game. Actually, Zeke looked good running the ball. Tony Pollard had some big runs. But again, to me, Dallas, the defense has been what's carried Dallas's defense. Now, Cooper Rush has done his job as far as keeping the ship steady until Dak Prescott gets back. I don't care what Jerry Jones tells the world. Dak is your quarterback. You paid man $40 million a year. He's going to be your quarterback. I don't care how you look at that. Now, Let's talk about the New York New York Giants from Danfield. Now, Daniel Jones. Now, let me see if I got this right. Daniel, to me, there were, Daniel against Green Bay didn't look that bad against Green Bay. But again, again, you really believe that the New York front office and the ownership really has that much confidence in Daniel Jones. They didn't give the guy a con a a con a contract extension. This is his final year of his rookie contract, and he's still playing on that. And this is his final year. Now, unless Daniel Jones throws for 4,000 yards and 35 or 40 touchdowns or something like that, then he'll probably stay around. But again, in Daniel Jones' defense, I mean, I can't remember who the, uh, who the, who the wide receivers are on his team anymore. Now, Darius Slayton, who came back to the Giants, took a pay cut to come back to the Giants, has been, has been their best weapon the last couple of weeks. I mean... Whereas, you know, whereas Kenny Holiday, you know, Shepard, he was the best receiver until he got, again, he tore his ACL. Again, the thing is, I, I give I, I give Daniel this. Daniel's gotten by with, with um, maybe the Giants need to go on to the, uh, yeah, maybe they need to uh, comb the streets of New York and just pick somebody out of the crowd and let them be the wide receiver because that's kind of what the receiver play has been for the, you know, for the Giants. Now, Barkley has been playing like, Barkley, he did in his rookie year. And Barkley's like the only legitimate offensive weapon that he has. Now, to me, I'm sure defense will probably play an eight-man box and let Daniel Jones try to beat him. Let's get on to Dan Jones has to lit the world on fire. I mean, he's done what's happened to Jones at this point. Now, I don't know if that's Daniel Jones' doings. I think that's the I think that's the coaching job. I think it's an excellent coaching job done, you know, that's really got them to this point is to get them to this point and be a four and one record. I don't know if it's Daniel Jones so much. I think the coaching and for what they have done this point has been excellent. Now, now let's talk, we can talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. I get it. Jalen Hurts has gotten off to a good start. Jalen Hurts might be in the top five as far as MVP voting. So maybe that one I might that one I might be able to give Ron Rivera something on that one. But again, again, last year it wasn't Jalen Hurts so much. Jalen Hurts was a part of it, but the running game was a big factor. Again, the running game has been a part. The, then again, there's been balance between the running game and Jalen Hurts' improved passing game, and that's why that's why there are five and zero. Now, granted, they had a little bit of a struggle against an Arizona football team, but if you're a good team, there are going to be weeks when you're going to there you're going to have for some reason you're not going to have it all, but you'll find a way to win. So, the only one I can give Ron, I might, I'll give him the Jalen Hurts one. 
but I can't give him the Cooper Rush, and I can't give him the Daniel Jones one. I can't give him. I can't give him that. So to me, Ron is in the point where he's kind of putting his foot in his mouth on that one. Now, again, the Washington Washington alone has been in shambles because we all know about the you know Daniel Schneider and all the stuff that's going on with going on with them. And I'm not going to really get back into all that because we've talked about that in previous, you know, previous episodes, you know, episodes as to the point as to why. I mean, the ownership has really been in shambles. The front office has been in shambles. I mean, Ron's a good Ron's as a good football coach, but he really hasn't. I mean, now granted, Ron did win a division with this team, but he had a losing record doing the doing it in the process, and he did it with Tyler Heineke as the as the quarterback. Now. Again, you want to complain about Carlson Wentz, but you use two picks to get Carlson Wentz. Now, again, Philadelphia traded a lot of draft picks to get Carlson Wentz. And at first it seemed like it was working out. But then again, then again, the injuries hit Carlson Wentz, and then he started playing bad. He went to the Colts. Everybody thought that Frank Wright could ride the ship and get him straight. Well, that didn't work. That did not, that did not work out as well. So, again, then again, Washington took a chance on him. Now, there was a report at one time that Jimmy Garoppolo could have been the court, yeah, could have been the quarterback for Washington, but again, they were concerned about his shoulder. Now, I'm sure that San Francisco 49ers are stacked. I know why I took Jimmy off their hands, and and now with the job he's doing with the 49ers right now, they say it's since Trey Lance is out for the for the year. But again, you know, Ron, I mean, with Ron, Ron, I don't understand Ron's, you know, so for him to come out and make that statement, I, I don't understand Ron's thinking, thinking. I mean, again, you made the, you traded two picks to get Carlson Wentz. You're stuck with Carlson Wentz. You're going to have to use, you have to use Carlson Wentz. Now, now, Washington's offense line has not been the greatest in the world this year. It has struggled. They've lost a couple of guys to free agency. Couple of guys they wish they probably could have had back. Um, that's been a problem. The running game, the running game has had ups and has downs. Now, Brian Robinson is back. He's you know rookie running back from the uh, University of Alabama. He is back in fold. He seems to be the number one running back. Uh, Gibson, I guess, has been delegated the number two running back spot. And again, the running game has been kind of you know been ups and downs. Again, you have a good receiver in Terry McLean, who Carlson Wins cannot has not. In, has not gotten on the same core with at this point. Um, Dotson, who drafted from Penn State, he is hurt right this second, but he is he has played he has played fairly well. Curtis Samuel is healthy and he's actually producing. But again, the biggest again the running again the offensive line has not been that great. The running game has been kind of I guess if you want to say so so let's go with that. And again, your number one receiver, the man that you paid a lot of money, Terry McLean, you can't get on, you can't really get on pace with him. You can't get in sync. That's a concern. That to me is a concern right there. And it's kind of that kind of telltale sign for Carlson Wentz. Terry McLean, how many receivers, how many quarterbacks has Terry McLean gone through? And he seems to be in sync with every single one of them, all with Carlson Wentz. And that to me is the concern. But again, Again, Ron has to realize that he's kind of stuck. He's kind of stuck with him. Now, Todd Heineke is, is, is the number two quarterback. I mean, what are you going to do? 
or do you go to Dench Carlson? Do you go turn it over to Sam Howard from uh, from North Carolina? Or you could do that. Do you go turn it back over to Tyler Heineke? I don't see that really happening. Now, unless Carlson really, really stinks up the joint that bad to the point where you got to look at something else. But I can't, you know, in this situation, you can't really blame totally on Carlson Wentz. The offensive line play has not, not, not been that good. The running game has been kind of, and eh, eh. Brian Robinson came back and he only got but 28 yards, nine carries, 28 yards. That's not going to cut it. Yeah. Um, Again, there's there's a lot of things I question. I, I you know I question the play calling. Again, the point is you can't get you got to get in sync with Terry McLean. That's something you've got to do. Now, it's not that the Washington will have some weapons around them. Uh, Dotson, when he comes back, comes back from injury, he seems to be an interesting number two fit. Curse is healthy. He's actually producing. You got Logan Thomas, who you haven't really got on Logan. You haven't, gone, you haven't gotten sync with Logan Thomas yet. Now, Brown, he got from North Carolina two years ago. He exploded last week. If that's the case, get him more involved. Get him more involved. It's kind of funny. It's kind of funny when I do when I do these episodes, and all of a sudden it's like I told the Bengals, "Hey, Gate Hayden Hurst more involved in the offense." What happens? Ding, ding, ding. Hurst gets more involved. I mentioned last week in one of my episodes about the uh, New England Patriots. I said. Can't you get Hunter Henry more involved involved in the offense? He's a solid tight end. Guess what? Ding, ding, ding. He gets involved in, in the game plan this past week. So, again, I got, I got like Brown. I mean, the, the guy's a deep threat. Use him. You've got four, you got four interesting receivers that you can put to use. Put them to use. You know, get in sync with Terry McClain. Use Brown. Granted, Dotson is hurt, but once he comes back, Yeah. It's it, you got Curtis Samuel. It's like you got weapons there. Another thing I never understood is is the Antonio Gibson thing. Antonio Gibson is a good receiver. He was a wide receiver at the University of Memphis, and yet you don't use him that often in the receiving game. There has been a couple of games where I've seen he's caught like seventy some receiving yards. Again, a lot of people are down on Gibson. Well, you had a better offensive line last year, and Gibson had a pretty decent year. Gibson had went through, I think he had some uh, shin injuries last year, a shin injury last year, but he toughed it out for the team and he did produce numbers. Now, I get that you brought Robinson in, and to me, to me, if Washington had their offensive play, I think Gibson is still your number one running back. I can see Gibson being a change of pace, and yes, you still got JD Kesick. I have, you know, I have to wonder. If Washington gets you know gets further and further out of, the, out of the playoffs, I have to wonder: Do you start making moves? Now I don't think they'll trade Carson Wentz. I don't see Terry McLean going anywhere, um, and I'm sure Robinson's not going to go nowhere. But again, you have to wonder: How's yeah? How's this going to look moving forward for Washington? Is there somebody on the team that you know that's that's going to be tradable? I, mean, I don't think I don't think would go out and actually trade Carson Wentz to somebody. I don't know if Carson would want any, I don't know if somebody would want Carson Wentz. But for Ron Rivera, it does not look like good. It doesn't look like a good sign to me. What it says to me is you don't have confidence in your quarterback moving forward. Well, do you have confidence in Tyler Heineke? Do you have confidence in Sam Howard? Do you got more confidence in those two than Carson Wentz? To me, I hate to say it, but Wentz probably gives you the best chance to win games more than Heineke and more than maybe Sam Howard. Well, 
I'll say this about Heineke. You did win some games with Heineke as your quarterback. Matter of fact, Heineke rode you to the playoffs yeah, a couple of years ago, right? So maybe you can win games with Heineke, but your chances are better with wins, maybe a little more than they are with Heineke. But again, Vaughn, if you're going to make that statement, if that's the way you feel, don't say it to the public, because again, people are going to, are going to, are going to run away with that. You know, newspapers, media, I don't care if it's Facebook, Twitter, or whatever, whatever, you know, social media outlet you want to hit, it's going to run, yeah, you're going to run, yeah, people are going to run with that. But for the quarterback playing the division, well, Cooper Rush is not exactly like the world on fire. Neither does Daniel Jones. I'll give you the Jalen Hurts one, but Ron, come on now, it's not like it's not like you're it's not like you're in the same it's not like you're in the AFC West and you got Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, and Justin Herbert. Now, if you were now if you were in that division, I'm with you on that, and I I'm certainly with you on that. But you're not but you're not in that division, and I think that's where your problem that's where your problem is going to come in, is that. Quarterback play, well, I don't see Daniel Jones improving. Now, Jalen Hurts, if he continues to be at the Jalen Hurts, he's been in the top five, I guess, MVP voting thus far. Now, if Dak Prescott comes back and Dak can play with Dak capable of, okay. But to me, for right now, at this particular moment, it ain't it, I don't think Carlson is is the is the reason. And to be honest with you, your defense hasn't let the world on fire either. So to me, I don't blame it all on Carlson Wentz. This is a one situation. Maybe I can't blame it all on Carlson. But Ron, the bottom line is, yeah, the pressure's on you because you've got one team that's five and zero in your conference, in your division, I should say. You got two other teams that are four and one, and you got a team that was supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. Maybe going into this year, the New York Giants are actually four and one. So Ron. The point is, the pressure, I'm sure, is on you. It's on you. To be honest with you, if there's no shines and improvement, Ron, you may be out of Washington by next season. And then again, the Washington football team will have, a, and the commanders will have an all-new, will have an all-new coach come next season. So I get it, Ron. It's all on you. The pressure's on you. You guys went out and got, went out and got Carlson Wentz. But at the end of the year, you could be gone. Your front office could be gone, and then Washington will be right back, <laughs> right back to being. Again, you've got Philadelphia in the right direction. Dallas is steady right now. The Giants they seem to be making some improvements, but for Washington, you're the guys right now that could wind up being the seller, in the seller, and for that, Ron, that could make you lose your job. No matter if you hire, if you traded. 20 draft picks if you traded a whole bunch of draft picks for Carlson Wentz. The bottom line is, it's on you, Ron. Now, the last subject we'll bring up is, I think it's been a hot subject, I think, of a lot of talk shows is, I guess, is the penalties. The penalties this past week, especially those two that come into mind was, of course, the people I've already jumped on the Tom Brady and uh, Grady Jarrett situation where Jarrett sacked Tom Brady and and they called roughing a passer, and it didn't look like that Jarrett really, you know, tossed Brady to the ground or body slammed him or anything like that. It seems like that it was a clean sack. But they called, they called, you know, they, but they called 
and they called a uh, roughing the passer, and I'm sure, and uh, Arthur Smith was not too happy about the call, neither was Grady Jarrett about the call either. Now, and I have seen, and I have seen this, and I have seen the, the footage, and yes, I'll have to agree, I do agree with Lama's situation. Now, I agree with that. To me, Grady didn't pick, didn't pick Tom up. I think when he sacked him, the momentum carried him in, he grabbed him, and they kind of rolled, they kind of like rolled on the ground, is what it looked like. And it's not like that he, yeah, but of course the referee, you know, said, well, no, I guess his body, I guess Grady was, body was on top of Tom's, which in a way, yes, it was. And they called it like, you know, they called that, you know, rough in the passer. Now, to me, it wasn't, you know, it was not, to me, it wasn't rough in the passer. And a lot of people have been upset about it. I think there was a such situation, Chris Jones, Derek Carr, similar situation, similar situation. Now, again, and again, you know, the thing about it is, is like the referees have certainly the hardest job in the world to do. And you don't want to bash referees. You don't want to, you know, you really don't want to do that. And I'm sure, you know, they have a tough job. One of the tougher jobs, certainly, in... <laughs> In the world where it, lights on your shoulders, yeah, you are calling a game. You might have a call that could affect the game, and that's that's you know that's certainly something that no NFL referee would want that on their shoulders. But again, that's kind of what you're that's kind of what you're uh, what you're looking you're looking at. Um, again, these you know referees don't always make the white calls. They they miss calls and. Um, and so these were situations where the calls were were missed, were missed in this in, the, in these situations. Um, you know, um, Jerry made a nice, nice, nice play. He got through, made a nice play. Uh, Tom Brady, I think, even in a podcast, I believe, said that uh, that he made a joke that uh, he was having nightmares because Jarrett was in the backfield. It seemed like most, most, most of the day. Now, granted. We were talking about the Buccaneers' offensive line play, which it was a concern because of injuries and free agencies, you know, free agent, free agency. But Tom did make a joke, and I think, you know, deep down inside, I'm sure Tom's not going to come out and say it, that, yeah, it was a botch call by the referee because the call went in Tampa Bay's favor. Now, I'm sure Atlanta certainly has a different opinion on that, and I'm sure that Grady, and I'm sure that Arthur Smith, and I'm sure the um, – you know, the management and the owner, you know, of Arthur Blank, of the, um, you know, of the Atlanta Falcons, I'm sure they're probably going to the NFL commissioner and say, hey, we need, yeah, we need to do something about this. We need to change the ruling. I get it that we're in a league where we're trying to protect the quarterback as best we can. But, you know, but it's getting to a point now where, what's our expression is, we're playing, we're playing flag football. I think someone used to say that. I mean, it's like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to, like, am I coming in? Am I supposed to just, like, put, like, one finger on my quarterback and say, hey, that's a sack? Yeah. Yeah, and, of course, the thing is nowadays, it makes it harder because you got guys, you got guys like Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, so forth and so on and so on, guys that are scramblers, the guys that can run. You can't sit there and just come up on him and, like, hey, let me just, you know, one finger, hey, I sacked him. Yeah. That's not going. That's not going. That's not going to fly. And I know that. And we always say that you know that the uh, quarterback, you know that uh, NFL is a 
tough league, right? It's a hard league to play in. And it is. It's a tough sport. That's a tough sport. Hockey is another one that's a tough sport as well. Got to be the two toughest sports out there that, you know, as far as physical as physical play goes. But again, I will agree with, I do agree with a lot. I think a lot needs to be revamped. This is something needs to, that needs to be looked at. I don't think they're going to do it, certainly not in the middle of the season. Well, we're going to week, going into season, well, week six, I should say. But I got but I got to be honest with you, it's something that I think in all season is going to have to be looked at. Um, yeah, it's got to be looked at because I guarantee you, at some point, this could be a point where it's going to cost it's going to cost some team a football game down the stretch. It's going to cost somebody big time down the stretch. It costs them a. It's something that's going to look because you don't want the game to come down to where it's going to cost you a possible a roughing the passer call. And it's not really such that. And it's going to get to the point where it's going to cost your team maybe not only a game, a playoff game maybe, maybe a conference championship game. Certainly don't want it, you certainly don't want it costing the Super Bowl. But again, that's something the NFL needs to, needs to sit and look over. Um, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure, like I said, Andy Reid, he was highly upset with the, with the uh, Chris Jones play. And Arthur Smith was highly concerned, was upset, certainly. And these coaches, rightfully so, should be upset. And Chris Jones and, you know, Jarrett, they should be upset with the call as well. It's not like they picked the guy up, you know, did a, like a, uh, a wrestling move on him and I picked him up or backdropped him or body slammed him to the ground or something or, you know, something like that. They did not do that. Again, with Jared, the momentum, I think the momentum carried him in to Tom, and he just pretty much fell on Tom. And again, that's all that was with Jared. And again, according to the rules, I guess, by the referee, they said that this was a, a call that, as far as the hand guy, to get it. Yeah, but again, I guess as far as the rule book is, but the bottom line is, you know, the NFL is always changing changing rules around and again you know whether it's a you know whether it's a you know they always change rules around again this is something that's going to be looked got to be looked at i'm certainly in the off season i don't think they'll probably they're not going to do anything this season i would i would assume i would think so but it's something you look back look into the off season that is something that um the rules committee uh commish uh whoever else is on these rules committee that's something that they need to look on need to look at long and hard because if they don't, like I've just said about a couple of minutes ago, it's going to cost somebody a huge game because of this. And then, again, that's like, what was it? It was years ago that I think the uh, New Orleans Saints and Sean Payton got kind of screwed out of the game because of a bad call. And to be honest with you, you don't want this to happen again. You want the players to play. You want the outcome to be what it is, the outcome. And you don't want something that's going to come come back to bite you in the butt because of a bad, a bad offensive play, a bad play by the referee. And I think this is where this is going to start to go. If you keep seeing stuff like this happening, it's going. This is what's eventually going to happen. And you don't want that. Like I said, you want the players to play. It's simple as that. But ladies and gentlemen, we're about to wrap up this uh, episode. Um, Please, if you got any questions, hit me up on Facebook. Um, again, please take care of yourselves. And uh, hopefully by maybe at some point, you know, during the day, maybe I can cut another episode for you.
and we'll catch up on a lot more stuff. Until then, please take care of yourselves, and I'll see you again soon.